There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. When I was growing up, I thought Africa was poor because they didn't have anything. I mean, I used to see pictures of the Sahara Desert. And I think, well, no wonder there's famine in Africa. Or there's the Ituri Forest in Congo, where sunlight doesn't get through that jungle canopy. Who can grow a garden there? It's a haunt for spitting cobras and scorpions and all kinds of dangerous animals. But then I went to Africa. In fact, I went to Zimbabwe. And to my astonishment, Zimbabwe is beautiful hills and rivers and trees and beauty. There wasn't any jungles and there weren't any deserts. And I stayed in Gweru, where there's no malaria. Really, no malaria. Oh, there's mosquitoes, but there in Gweru, the altitude is too high for the parasite to survive. Gweru is a city located on a high plateau that runs nearly the whole length of the middle of the country. And Gospelink's national director, P.F. Moyo, told me that he had lived in Gweru all his life and he had never seen anyone contract malaria. Hey, that's the part of Africa where I want to live. Now, 50, 60 years ago, Zimbabwe was known for its farming, the breadbasket of Africa. And my mind churned with ideas. We could help people with agriculture. We could help our national preachers and the churches. This is a perfect place for agriculture development. But I knew Zimbabwe's history. And at the time, I was well aware of the rampant crime there. In fact, P.F. Moyo asked me if I'd like to go see a farm. So we drove out and I met one of the biggest African men that I have ever met. He should be playing on a defensive line for a football team somewhere. But he was friendly, warm, welcoming, and he was a Christian. He grew crops, maize, he had some cows, and he showed us around his farm, quite a few acres. By and by, a man who worked for him showed up to join us on the walk, and the man had a rifle. Yeah. The man with the rifle worked at night as a guard, and we were there in the afternoon, so darkness was coming on. He wasn't the only one on patrol either. I asked him, have you ever had to use it? He just laughed and 
looked around at his boss and the others, and they affirmed that he had. From 1980 onward, a common crime in Zimbabwe was looting farms and killing farmers. Hmm. Maybe the beauty of this country isn't worth the danger. Actually, if you're looking for good news from a far country, Zimbabwe is not as dangerous now as it was when I went there for the first time. In fact, it was so dangerous when I went to Zimbabwe that when the director of Gospel Inc., Louis Nelms, told me that I was going to take the annual trip to Zimbabwe to meet with our national preachers and to interview new potential partners there, he told me that I couldn't take anyone with me. He didn't want to scare me or my wife, so he didn't actually use the word dangerous, but he just sort of said that it wouldn't be a good idea to take a group. Hmm. I was beginning to realize that I might be what they call expendable. Nonetheless, I went. And as I have already said, I was surprised by the beauty. On that trip, I went to see Victoria Falls, the beautiful chasm in the Zambezi River. There's so much spray and mist coming out of there. Rainbows are everywhere. I got to see my first African elephant, my first warthog, my first Cape Buffalo. At one place I stayed, some game rangers had captured a rhino so that they could put a radio chip in its horn. I climbed up on the truck, I reached inside, and I actually touched the rhinoceros. How cool is that? I've touched a real live rhino in Africa, in Zimbabwe. You know what other beauty I witnessed? And that is the love for Jesus that thousands of Zimbabweans share. They love to sing. More than any other nation I visited, Zimbabwe has a very high level of education and development. English was spoken more in Zimbabwe than in the surrounding nations. I mean, the culture was beautiful, if it wasn't for the crime. And despite the increase in crime and the political turmoil, or in other words, the danger of some men, there was a spiritual beauty in many of the other men that I met. The ones that professed Christ, the national preachers committed to taking the gospel to their people. Simon Mpongwe. He was probably in his 50s when I met him, maybe late 40s, but he was an evangelist and he was a go-getter. I remember meeting him while I peeled and ate an orange. He told me that he had pastored for many years, but there were so many areas of Zimbabwe that were unreached and which had no churches that he had resigned his pastorate to go out into these remote rural areas to plant churches. His sponsors in America, through Gospel Inc., had made this possible for him. That's beautiful. That's also dangerous. Now, Simon Mapongwe didn't travel alone. And in Africa, there's kind of a protocol to check in with the chief of the area, or to get permission from the district commissioner before going to evangelize in a region. One time, permission granted meant nothing. What are you doing here? The young man demanded. I am a Christian, and I am here to teach the word of God, Simon answered. The young man narrowed his eyes and glared suspiciously at the group. Now, like I said, 
Simon was not alone, but neither was this malevolent man. Without warning, his thugs attacked Simon. In a flash, Simon was on the ground. He only hoped that they would save his life. He could hear the cries of his friends as they were kicked and beaten with sticks. Two men stood over him and played a sick game of cat and mouse. Simon tried to dodge the clubs and the blows, and the attackers tried to hit him a good one. What had he done? He had ventured into a politically charged village. I don't know the details. Maybe Simon never did either. They weren't robbed. They weren't beaten for their money or for their clothes. In Zimbabwe, there's a lot of hate and hostility because of the political problems. These men were taking no chances. They didn't want visitors in their village, good or bad. And as they tired of their clubbing, they walked away with curses and warnings. Simon lay there cut and bleeding, and he heard them say, Don't you ever come back here. If you do, we'll kill you. So much for good news from Zimbabwe, huh? You know, I talk about Africa all the time in churches in this country. And you know what people ask? Is it safe? Is it safe? I don't know. It's on planet Earth, isn't it? I don't remember Jesus telling us, his disciples, to go into all the safe parts of the world to preach the gospel. I mean, being an American in some places, I suppose, might make someone a target. I understand that. And then other places, there's racists. There's ethnic divisions. There's anti-American fervor from time to time. Different parts of the world. But remember, Simon Mpongwe was a national preacher. He spoke the Shona language. So he should have explained himself better. For all I know, he might have been the same tribe as the guy who beat him. Hard to say, isn't it? Simon explained that it took six weeks for them to heal. I suppose that means broken bones, broken ribs. I don't know. But once they had healed up, his team talked and they prayed. <laughs> and you know where this is going, don't you? Yeah, that's right. They decided to go back to that village to try to win their enemies. Two months later, these national preachers, the same team which had been seen bleeding with torn clothes, they're back. They've returned with their Bibles. They're here with smiles. It didn't take them long to run into one of their assailants. His eyes bugged out. He exclaimed, What are you doing here? Simon said kindly, I came back to share the word of God with you. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. You see, Jesus also told us not to fear those who can destroy the body, but rather fear him who is the judge, the one who can destroy the soul. Simon found a place to sit down, and the man nervously looked around in case this was an ambush. But of course it wasn't. And Simon's friends made sure not to cluster together so as to spook the man. But they did pray. And this man was so impressed with Simon's persistence, he realized this message must be pretty important. He would at least listen. And what comes through the hearing of the word of God? Faith comes by hearing, 
And that day, Simon Mpongwe was more than a conqueror. You see, a conqueror wipes out his enemies. He dominates his enemies. When a conqueror is finished, his enemies won't be coming back. But the children of God are more than conquerors. Romans 8 tells us this. More than conquerors, because through grace and truth and love, we don't wipe out our enemies, we win our enemies. Our enemies become our brethren. Simon Mpongwe started a home fellowship church in that man's hut. Yeah, Simon Mpongwe made an impression on me. You see, I want to be like Daniel or like Paul, but sometimes those men seem so far away in the past. You know, like Bible days of old. <laughs> Simon Mpongwe sat beside me. And he reminded me that God's ways and God's word continue to be victorious and powerful, even when it's dangerous. But let me flip the question around. When is it not dangerous? My best friend was killed in a car accident in 2020. He was on his way to get some milk at the grocery store. Not what we would call a dangerous venture. But our Father in Heaven was ready to bring John Boss home, driving a car. What about mowing the yard? Is that dangerous? Nowadays, going to school or going to Walmart can be dangerous in our country. Sure, it's dangerous to go to Zimbabwe. When is it not dangerous? Here's a better question. Is it fearful? Fear not him who can destroy the body. Fear not, O ye of little faith. Fear not, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Danger isn't the problem. Fear is the problem. And I'm pretty sure that you should be familiar with God's perspective on fear. If you go to cupofgoodnews.org, you can see a photo of me eating that orange with Simon Mbongwe. I'm a little younger in that photo, but a better photo, also on the same website, is a picture of, that Simon sent of him baptizing a new convert. Now, it's not in that same village, but it's one of the most pitiful baptismals that you can imagine. Apparently, there was no water nearby, so Simon and his men dug out a hole, kind of like a trench or a grave, and then they threw in a black plastic rubber kind of liner. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it holds water. And then they hooked up a garden hose to probably a hand pump somewhere so they could have water to baptize this man. <laughs> the first time I looked at the photo, I thought it was a burial ground and Simon was lowering down a body. But then when I looked closely, it was obviously a baptism and apparently someone who really wanted to be baptized. I mentioned the spiritual beauty in the men of God in Zimbabwe spiritual beauty in that photo, beauty in Zimbabwe. Gospel Inc. still travels and takes missions trips to Zimbabwe. If you'd like to go, let us know. We have over 70 national preachers in that country that would love to bring you to their church or have you come speak at the school. Is it still dangerous, you might ask? No, 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 no. We've already covered that. The question is, are you fearful? 
pragmatically, Zimbabwe is not near as dangerous as it was 20 years ago. There's a new dictator, and crime has lessened quite a bit. <laughs> and the country, it's still beautiful. I've got a Gospel Inc. report here that was written earlier this year. It was written by Siziba Bekimpilo. Now, we ask every preacher to write a little bit about their family and a little bit about their discipleship work. But my favorite section, of course, is the ministry and the outreach section. So I'm going to read what Siziba Bekimpilo wrote. <clears throat> During the previous three months, we had a privilege to visit Guenielo Village in Fulabasi District. We boarded a bus at 8 a.m. On the way, the bus had a mechanical fault. Okay, I have to break in here and say that I've been to Africa many times, and I've experienced mechanical breakdowns more than once. For an American, this is maddening. We're broken down. We have places to go, people to see. Let's get this fixed. Let's go. Why can't we have better equipment? Saziba's story continues. It took six hours for the mechanic to fix it. After it was fixed, we left at 2.30 p.m. We arrived in the village and found many people waiting for us. It was around 9 p.m. Now, I can also relate to this. In these areas where there's no TV and no entertainment, and when people hear that there's going to be visitors, oh, they turn out. They gave me the platform to preach inside a big round hut where people were gathered. Now this is the part of the report that I gladly cannot relate to. While I was preaching, a man charged towards me with a knife. Many people ran out of the hut, but I stood still. And as he neared me, he also stopped still. He dropped the knife. Then he knelt down and started begging for mercy from God. I continued to preach, and many people came to Christ Jesus that night. Oh, Zimbabwe. Is it dangerous? I don't know. Knives in church service? It's nothing I've ever seen, and, and again, I don't know the details here. Sounds to me like some evil spirits were trying to stop our national preacher, Mr. Siziba Bekampilo. But honestly, this brings me full circle to beauty in Zimbabwe. No fear is a thing of beauty. Faith is a thing of beauty. The gospel is a thing of beauty. These national preachers riding long hours, enduring breakdowns, preaching into the night, these are beautiful. They remind me of Paul's testimony in 2 Corinthians 11. He wrote, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Paul was a national preacher. He went to his people, the sons of Israel, but Paul was also a missionary to the Gentiles, even when it was dangerous. I'm glad he did that. It was worth it, wasn't it? And Christ's great kingdom shall come to earth. The 
That was a cup of good news from the far country of Zimbabwe. The report from Simon Mpongwe and his story almost 20 years ago. And then this year's report from Siziba Bekempilo. Now, not a lot of good news has come out of Zimbabwe during my lifetime, but God is at work there. The Christian leaders there are solid and well-trained, even if their baptismal pools leave something to be desired. Yeah, take the time to check out the photo of Simon Mpongwe at cupofgoodnews.org. Would you like to travel to Africa this coming year? Gospel Inc. leads trips to several countries, and some of them have fewer perils than others. But come without fear. Tell the Lord that you want to trust Him, and that you want to be used by Him to spread the gospel and to strengthen the church. You could teach at a conference on marriage. You could teach through a book of the Bible. You could evangelize young people at a public school. Just come and share your testimony. Gospel Inc. is connected with many national people through whom tremendous doors are open in Africa. And that, my friends, is good news.